If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 16. Find whatever you're passionate about, whatever that may be. It could be running. It could be kayaking like you do. It could be biking. It could be writing music. It could be like drawing, whatever it is. Anything you do and then just stick to it. Be consistent with it. Because what we have to think about, if it's making you happy, might as well do it. You might as well do it. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now. From the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. Each week, we dive deep into uncovering the difference between the average and the awesome. We talk with thought leaders, business moguls, health and fitness professionals, and world-class athletes as we look for the secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, and today I have an incredible interview as I talk with Hela Sadib. He has just such an amazing story. He has been running for over 1,100 days now straight, and he talks a lot about kind of the mindset, where that started, how he trains and recovers. Uh, he's also a vegan athlete, and he talks a little bit about nutrition and and his kind of eating habits and and some of his favorite snacks, which I'll I'll leave out there for the episode. But he's got an incredible snack that that happens to be his favorite, and yeah, he just has an amazing story as he grew up in Africa, came over to the U.S., uh, became a professional athlete, YouTube star, social media influencer, and just an amazing individual. This guy's energy will get you going today. He's just so positive and so uplifting, and I can't wait to introduce you guys. So let's get to it with my interview with Hella. Here we go. Well, Hella, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it is a pleasure to get to talk with you. You've just got such an uplifting, charismatic personality that I'm just always stoked to uh, to get together. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Great thank to see you, Nick. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Hella, you are known for, I don't know if it's, you know, considered somewhat recent or what, but you're known as the guy that runs every day. Um, no matter the circumstances. <laughs> no matter the circumstances. And you've been yes. running for at like over a thousand straight days. How many days has it been? Yes. So today I completed my 1,186 consecutive days of running. So um, I haven't missed a day since May 15th of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so how do you, I mean, how did it all start? Did you like just wake up one day and say, I'm just going to run forever? Like, yeah. So basically I played division one, I played soccer and I love playing the game. But one thing I hated was fitness days. When you just go out and you just run, you don't see the ball. Um, When you're playing, it's fun. You see the ball, you get to compete, you tackle, you're competing with with a team and against a team. So the, the mentality was having fun with that. But when running comes, I was miserable. When the coach said we have a day off um, tomorrow and like on a Monday, we usually have Mondays off. I hated it because I know that means Tuesday's fitness. When you have a day off with our team, the next day after that, you are running. So I never like running. Um, whenever we have a fitness test, sick to my stomach because the feeling that it puts me through. So at, at that point, um, I've had that feeling come back. And then I was like, one day, what can I do that I was afraid of? and then tackle it. And um, the, it came, the inspiration came from two different areas, trying to tackle my fear. 
which is running. And also I saw a YouTuber that I follow. Um, I'm a huge car enthusiast. He has a car channel called Super Lon uh, Supercars of London. He said on January of 2017, I'm going to try running. And I'm like, wait, this guy's not an athlete. He's trying to do something that I'm afraid of. I'm an athlete. Let me try to give this a chance. So the inspiration came from me facing my fear and also seeing him saying that. And then also for once, hold myself accountable because there's been many times even going to the gym and say, I'm going to go every day this week. I go three days. I tap out the rest of the week. So it just came to a realization that enough because I've done so many excuses and I came to a point where I'm like, let's stick to something for the greater good of yourself. And that was running. And it started with just 10 minutes a day for two weeks. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I also, you know, I'm a big fan of facing your fears and, uh, yeah. I actually talked in a previous podcast about facing my fears and, and ironically, one of my biggest fears growing up was water. Um, <laughs> and the yeah. kind of stuff you go through. Oh <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. and then I've also got a bit of a fear of heights. So <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> water and heights. And I was just like, at the time I didn't think like, Oh, I'm going to go find waterfalls. But, uh, but at, at the same point, there is something to be said about, you know, facing your fears and, and just kind of standing mm -hmm. up to it for sure. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you do when you have like the hard days and you, you talk about like having something that you want to stick to and, and just yeah. kind of, you know, do every day, but you, you've got to have days that you wake up and you don't want to go for a run or something. Don't you? Yeah. I get that question a lot. And your the surprise answer is going to be like, Whoa, I've never woken up and then say, I do not want to go run. I get up. I'm a brat. Sometimes I said, I'm like, I don't want to run. And my girl, my girl would be like, be quiet. You know, you're going to run. And I said, yeah, I do. I just like to be a brat about it, but it never got to a degree where I'm just like, I really don't want to go. And I always say, when I feel that, that day, I'm going to make a YouTube video. I quit running. I will, because I don't want to do it. And I never got to that point. I've been to a point where like, you're lazy, you know, the typical human being lazy. You just don't want to get up at that moment, but you know, eventually you're going to figure out a way to get to work. And I always say that it doesn't matter how long it takes you, as long as you figure it out. So I've had lazy days, but it never got to a point where I'm like, I don't want to go running. And and the beautiful part about that is because I'm running pressure free. My goal was to run. I didn't care how fast I was going. I didn't care how long I was going. It had to be just 10 minutes was just a, a time standard, but I, I didn't care how slow or fast or whatever. It, none of that matters to me. The point was just to run. So without that pressure, it made it easy for me to get up every day. And I don't feel like I have to cover a certain amount of miles. And even though I have a minimum requirement at some point that built it up to seven miles a day. But before that, it was just run pressure free. So even when I go to the daily minimum, I'm just going with a mentality, go give whatever your best is right now. If I don't get to that seven, I'm not going to be myself down on it. Because of that, there's no fear to letting myself down. I've never felt that I don't want to go today. So I think that helps a lot. No, that, that is incredible for sure. I never, never really thought about it, but just by making your goal so small and so achievable, then yes. you never, there's no reason not to do it. Yeah. I said, if it comes down to it, the initial 10 minutes that I started with, I'll go back down to that. And to that 10 minutes right now will be nothing compared to when I'm going for an hour at a time. That's just a small amount of time. And I tell people, even if it comes down for me to crawl, if I have to walk, jog, walk, jog, I'll do it. Um, it's not running straight for a long time, but I'm still doing running, even if it's a certain amount of time. So I think volume and, and not putting too much pressure on yourself is very important. Anything you do in life, um, if there's no pressure, it's going to be that much easier to tackle. That's amazing. Do you, do you do that with other things in your life than running? Do you like, you know, set goals for yourself that you kind of, you know, bring down a little bit so that they're a little bit more achievable or? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because, um, what running did to me was the consistency of running translated completely to different areas of my life. I'm consistent with other things. Like I I've, I've told you that I've done, I do personal training. I do virtual now with COVID. I do speed and agility quickness training with um, my clients. And uh, we do some soccer technicality because that's the game that I grew up playing. Um, so I'm consistent of keeping, making sure that they're getting the proper training that they're doing. I'm consistent with setting up my schedule before I would just go and go and do the training without planning it. And I didn't need to plan it. So just planning it makes it better because you feel like you're being a little more productive about it. You're putting more energy to it instead of showing up to do something that day. Um, so all of that has changed. Um, relationship has changed, like literally personal relationship, one-on-one -on -one relationship. I've been consistent communicating with people. Um, I've been consistent of just being vulnerable, you know, letting my, just showing everything about my life to people. So it all began because of the consistency of running. It's crazy. It's like a, a circle of life for me, how everything started just molding together. 
That's amazing. I, I probably need a little bit more consistency in my life. And, uh, sometimes I, I don't know, I'm a big like dreamer and I, I set these goals for myself and usually I set them like really big. And Uh I think that can be almost to a fault at times where sometimes, you know, I might even rarely do I like give up completely, but I'll push it off. I'll be like, Oh, you know, this goal is too big or whatever. You know, I'll get it done, you know, next week or next month or whatever. But I think it's way better to shrink it down to something, you know, achievable. Exactly. And then even if it's spending five minutes on it, because a little bit of that five minutes every day ends up being a lot of minutes versus skipping a few days and then pick another day. So it's just just volume and then one step at a time. That's always the mentality. One step at a time, one run at a time. So anything I do, that's what I, I always focus on. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you've kind of almost come with like a a success hack right there where it's like whatever your goal is, just focus a minimum of 10 minutes every day on whatever it is, whatever that is. And I always tell people you can find 10 minutes in your day. You always can because we have so many downtime than we think we do. We don't. Um, We we find our time to watch our favorite TV shows. Um, We find time to go to when we can go to the movie theater, to the bars. But when it comes to something that we really want to do, we're like, I don't think I have time. And even I'm a huge junkie, like watching TV shows and things like that. I'm like, I got to get a workout in. My girl will be sitting right there play the show, I do my workout right next to the TV, like my like house workout, because I try to work on my body, body weight, and I have my resistance band, and I start my, my running app, and then, I mean my workout app, and I'm just doing that workout. So I'm like within 15 to 20 minutes of the show, I'm already halfway through my workout. By the time the hour mark comes, I'm done with my workout, I got my work in while I'm enjoying my show, and I sit down and enjoy the rest of the show. So you could always find time. If it's that important enough to you, I feel like you might as well spend time on it because you're always thinking about it. That means that that's something you want to do. For sure. You can definitely always find time. And I think even just like the amount that we probably all spend on Instagram, or maybe I'm just talking about myself here. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not just you. Oh, when I see my screen time, I'm like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) That was something incredible that Apple did where they like, you know, update every week or whatever with your screen time. And the the time has been spent. I'm like, Instagram is almost number one for me every week. (laughs) I'm like, it holds me accountable where I'm like, okay, put my phone down, put it away. So I can't even like grab it or something and focus and get to work. Uh That's cool. So you talked a lot about how you kind of got into running through soccer. Do you still, do you still play? Yeah, I, I don't play competitively anymore. The last competitive season I had was in 2018 in Florida. I played a month there. Um, I did get to experience playing in the pros. I played Division One, played in high school. Um, but it's still part of my life because I make a living through soccer. I coach kids. Um, and then so soccer is always going to be there. Soccer is always a factor. But I don't play competitively anymore. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, do you ever feel like – you know, by running every day and, and working out every day and all this kind of stuff. Do you ever need a day off? Like, obviously you don't take a day off, but like to rest your yeah. muscles or anything like that. How do yeah. you kind of, where does the recovery fit in? Or does it mean that you just sleep more or how, how do you deal with recovery? Yeah. Recovery begins as soon as you finish that run. That's when recovery begins. Um, make that protein shake that you need. Um, hang your leg against the wall. Stop foam rolling while you're cooling down because you can't stop sweating while you're sweating before you want to jump in the shower. Cause sometimes for me, if I don't cool down, I sh- jump in the shower, I shower, I can't stop sweating. So stretch right there, make sure you're getting your, your, your liquid. And to me, the recovery is more important than the run itself, because if I'm not healed, I can't go do the next run. So right away. And I do get lazy with recovery. Sometimes I'm just lazy. I just want to lay down and I do that. And then I try to hang my leg up against the wall. At least I'm still being lazy, flushing the leg out, getting rid of some lactic acid. Um, so you really have to take care of your body. And it's about volume. Volume is very important. Um, yes, if you, you need a day off depending on your type of training. If I want to be the best runner, if I want to PR, I can't keep going every day. And I can PR that way too. Um, I just have to decrease some of the distance during the day. Like if I'm today is a rest day, instead of going seven, I'll go two miles. I'm still running every day, but it's not seven. So volume is very important. I was watching a, a, a show, a Joe Rogan podcast clip. Someone sent it to me. Because people are complaining, yeah, you need a day off, you need a day off. So Joe was asking this guy, do you need a day off? He talks about volume pretty well. So he said that, for example, this is not his exact word, but this is the example. He said, if you go run 10 miles, so I'm going to say, Nick, you go run 10 miles today. I hell, I'll go run 5K, 3.1 miles. And then tomorrow and the next two days, you're going to need a You're like, you know, I'm going to take a day off, let my body heal. I'm a little sore. But I keep running those next two days, three miles. 
and then you come back two, three days later to run another five, 10 miles, you're going to need days off again. And I just keep consistently staying with the low volume, two, three miles. At the end of the year, who do you think is going to run the most miles? You. I'm, I'm going to be the one running the most miles. But I did it in a strategic way where I'm being smart about it, where you, you're doing a higher volume, but you're taking more days off. So in a way, you, the way you're doing it is working for you. you, don't, you don't, you're taking day off, you're getting the high mileage in. Me, I'm not taking any day off, but I'm not doing the high mileage that is killing me that the day off is very necessary. Um, so it, it's all volume. And then me, I, did, I, I got a little crazy with it because I, like since January, at minimum seven miles, I'm just hitting it. And then I look at my pace, especially when I got on Trevor, I'm seeing it's like low sevens all the time, sometimes sub seven. It's too quick. It really is. And when I was running for the marathon, I was doing the conversational pace and I got back into it. But um, sometimes it's good to just ease off a little bit so your body could be ready. And then when you see me doing those, it's just basically I'm telling myself, I want to just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And if I can't keep going, then I, I, whatever my body let me do that day. And I just do that. Now that's very interesting. I, I did a podcast with um, a bodybuilder and, and his mentality was uh, very different where it was always pushing to the max, but uh-huh. it's, it's interesting where the way that you're explaining it makes way more sense to me because not only are by doing smaller um, maybe reps or, or easier yeah. reps, you can do more over a longer period of time. But not yeah, only that, exactly. the biggest yeah. part to me that I'm like, ah, oh, there's a light bulb is you're not getting tired mentally in the sense that like, you know, when you go have a, a big workout, you're pushing the max and the next day you're just like, oh man, yeah. I'm yes. sore, I'm tired. I don't really want to work out today, whatever. But when you, when just yes, like what you're saying, if you keep at yeah. it, it just becomes like, you know, what you do. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly what I was trying to explain to you. And then you're going to find your, um, your tolerance. So right now my tolerance has been at the seven mile mark for a very long time, but people may think that's too much. Like I have to drop two. That's okay. At one point I was dropping at two, three at a time. And then I build up to five. I'm dropping at four. Now I build up to seven and I'll drop to five. So you'll find that tolerance where dropping for you means it's a high for someone. But that drop for you is very like low because you're used to the higher one. It's not taking anything away from the person who's going lower because everybody has a different tolerance. And that person will eventually build up their tolerance. It's like the drinking thing. People, the more you drink, it takes a while for you to get a little more drunk versus someone who doesn't drink much. Uh, You have two shots or I go to a wedding, I take a glass. I'm like, oh, as soon as I stand up, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this (laughs) a little too much because you don't do it as much. So that's literally the, the thought behind it. You completely got what I'm trying to say. Very interesting. No, yeah. that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, Hello. What do you consider one of the biggest myths about running? Um, that you're going to be skinny. You're going to be a skinny, like a, one of those, they say one of those marathon runner as if that's a bad thing. Cause people body shame them too. And I'm like, that's what they do. And then you see these guys on TV, actually they're, they're pretty small but they're small height wise too. It's not like they're tall and just super skinny. Um, we're talking about they're in the 130s, 140s and their weight. Um, they said that if you run every day, you're skinny. Everybody, one of my number one question was, how do I run every day and not become skinny? And how do I every, run every day without being injured? So the skinny one is, I think that that's a myth because I feel like it's how you do it. I don't just run. I do push-ups. I do, um, sometimes I used to lift even heavy too on top of running and then I, i'm not a fan of lifting but i do get in there sometimes when i see that weight i'm motivated especially when the gyms are open i'm like look at this guy's hitting the weights i'm motivated to go pick up and do my own but i'm in the gym pull-ups sit-ups um dips like resistance bands i'm doing push-up at home i used to have a sheet i got lazy with it try to do 500 push-ups a day a thousand abs core work a day and i don't have to do it in one sitting i'll do like 50 push-ups i go and do my own thing i come back i do another one or like I'm laying in the living room, I'll do crunch up 500 ab workout and I leave and then I don't do it all together. So you can find a way to maintain the desired muscle mass while running every day. And the people are like, well, you're not going to be able to run these times. Those are lies because every race I've done, the winner were triathlete and triathletes are solid. You see them, they got huge legs, huge upper body. They can swim, they can bike, they can run. They're crushing their races is because they train their body to be able to handle those distances and while maintaining the strength that they have. And if they don't maintain their strength, actually, they can't compete at that level because there's a lot of beating on the body. So those marathon runners, is they train that way. They train high mileage, volume a lot. That's what they do. 
So obviously, naturally, you lose some weight. This summer, I lost a couple of pounds because I'm sweating even more than I am because of the heat. I'm losing a lot more water and burning a lot more calories because it's hot, it's humid. My heart rate is spiked up because it's so much hot, it's harder to breathe. So I lose a couple more pounds than I would when it's not like this. But you can maintain a certain amount based on your training. So that's the biggest myth, I think, with running every day that people say. Interesting. I I also wonder how much of it is to do with whether or not the marathon runners are just so focused on just running that they're running, probably yeah. not doing bench or arms yeah. or shoulders. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I watch YouTube videos and pay attention to the Ilya Kipchoge, the top runner in the world. He does strength workout. You see him. He's doing the step ups and things like that. They, they grab a little bit of weight, but it's just to keep strength. It's not to be massive. You know, it's just to maintain strength because people confuse being strong about the mass. So you can be strong without having a huge mass. It doesn't mean you're going to go bench 500 pounds like the guy that's, that's massive, but you can have strength. You can have strength without being big. So they do anything to keep their strength and be strong. So, and then they are more focused on running, but they have strength. So um, you don't, it, those guys have complete different re, uh, training and regime that regime than we have. So you can still run every day and maintain. And if you want to get on their level, you could always you could do that too as well. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think if you look at like the whole Kung Fu world, like with like Bruce yeah. Lee and stuff like that, he was yeah. always super small, but like extremely strong and quick. Yeah. And quick. And it's, it's more about than just what you look like. It's what can your body do for you? That's what it is. What can you have your body do? Um, I definitely learned that um, throughout this running journey. Awesome. So you've yeah. also recently, I've, I've seen just on your Instagram and stuff like that, that you've gotten into biking and you mentioned, Ooh. you mentioned uh, triathlon stuff there. Is, is that something you're maybe looking at getting yes, into? I, or? I'm a horrible swimmer. I, I, I call myself a survivor swimmer. I can swim to survive. So you throw me in the middle of the lake. I'm about to like lose my, I can't float anymore. I'm swimming to get to the end. But if you tell me to swim two miles, I don't think I can make it because I can only float for so long and keep my body up for so long. So I got to get the swimming part down. And actually I'm like very serious about finding uh, an instructor that can help me. And if it's safe to do once this COVID thing is, but I'm biking. And after I'm done with you today, I have to go do a soccer lesson. After that, I'm meeting up with the six world rank marathon runner, um, Roberta um, Groner. She is going to go bike with me. She texted me yesterday. Hey, you want to go on a bike? She's a huge biker. So, and she goes like 50, 60 miles at a time. I hope she doesn't take me through that long today, but yeah, I got a professional bike now and I'm excited to, to get into that. And that biking has been something else. And then I've biked, but this is different. It's completely different. That's cool. Yeah. Do you find, uh -huh. do you find that, you know, the strength training or, or whatever that you're, you're building while biking, do you find that helps with running or is it different People, or what? People swear by it. Um, a lot of top runners swear by it. They say that even look at Roberta. She she's a beast. Like her she, her her mile pace. She ran the. Uh, she was an Olympic qualifier. She she has the second fastest marathon time. She's trying to beat the record for a woman. Um, two hours and twenty nine minutes, I believe. And she bikes, and then it, it builds a kind of different strength without pounding your body. You know, it's not one of those biker when they have like they are the serious biker like that. We're talking about the Tour de France with huge quads. They're just bike bike. This is different. They put some miles in to take some um, stress off of their joints. Um, but people, it builds your cardiovascular without having to beat your leg up. And um, people are swearing by it. But I haven't gotten enough in that I feel the difference yet. So I can't say it has helped my running game. Gotcha. But the thing is, hearing that from people, it's already in my head. It's going to help me out. So I have nothing to hurt. So even if it's just mentally, I think it helped me out. I think that might even be the case at the worst case scenario. That's cool. Yeah. Hello, I think we're going to have to get together and train for some triathlons together because that's been yes. a goal of mine. And I've said it that uh, I think it's this September, October. And my, my wife and I, we're both going to just attempt our own half marathon here at home. And uh, I'm awesome. for me, the swimming, again, is definitely my weak point. I mean, I spend a lot of time in the water, but I am a horrible swimmer. And yeah. I'm just trying to get out there and just like, I think I'm just going to suffer through it and, and make it happen. But yeah. If you think you're a horrible swimmer, man, I can't. <laughs> Me? <laughs> swimming? Uh, I like being in the water, but I can't swim. See, you know, surely I made sure when we were together, I made sure I was on my paddleboard near it in case I couldn't float anymore. I was grabbing that thing and hopping right on top of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Hallie, you have like a really unique and incredible story of kind of your upbringing and stuff. You grew up 
Um, I think you said half your life in Mali in Africa, and then you yes. you kind of went through France or whatever, and, and came here to the U.S. How did your your kind of upbringing or childhood mold you into the athlete you are today? It it definitely made me the person I am today because growing up in Mali, third world country, one of the poorest country, uh, countries in the world. People don't make a dollar a day, less than a dollar a day. So that's how poor we are. But the sense of nationalism is really amazing because we care for each other. We always look out for each other. And the fact that the elders, my parents, my uncles and aunts, the fact that they look out for us as kids, we didn't even feel the poverty. I can't say I felt it because our job was just to go, go to school, have fun and come home and eat. And they went through the hardship and then looking out for us. So I was playing soccer on the streets every day after school. If you look at my legs, there's so many scars because we play on gravel, dirt pitch. Like you, someone slide tackled you, you're not getting up without seeing blood coming off your leg. You go home, parents are yelling at you, where did you cut yourself this time? So, and you're playing barefoot. So that kind of molds you to be really strong. And it's like every man for themselves. When you're out there, you turn into a man because if you don't stand up for yourself on the pitch, you will get demolished. So you find another level of um, motivation to keep up with everybody else that's playing there. So that, and when I came to the U.S. and I had grass to play on, I thought it was a joke. I was like, you guys play on this? This is so easy. The, the, even surface is insane. You don't have to worry about your ball coming and touch a huge, a little pebble and jump to the right and you're trying to control it. Everything is nice and smooth. So it made um, being an athlete a lot e easier because um, you're training at a, at a rough environment. And then you get here, you said, you know what? Wow, if I had all these tools, that could even add more to my game because I can focus on other aspects of the game instead of just the physical part. Um, so that definitely helped um, for sure. And because of that, I, I was able to go and play college on a scholarship and got to get my foot in a professional rank. And now I'm here and it's still part of my life. That's super cool. Yeah. You mentioned how um, your your elders, your, your parents, your aunts and uncles um, were very supportive and stuff. I consider yeah. you just an incredible you know, personality, very supportive, very, um, uplifting. Do you think that has to do with kind of learning that from them? Or do you, do you think that's just who you are? Um, learning from them a little bit and then who I am, because, um, I realized that no matter how hard I thought my life was here or is, it wasn't, um, any of my friends back home would give anything up to be in my situation. Um, the perspective, man, going back to Africa and seeing how people are happy in my country, they don't have all the stuff that I have. And then you see them smiling. And then sometimes they, you see them joke about the hardship, making fun of like laughing about it and say, hey, well, what can we do? We just got to go one day at a time. And you just like, who am I to complain? I'm in one of the best country in the world right now. Um, yeah, we have our issues. We're working on it. But I'm, we're in one of the best countries, if not the best countries in the world. We have all this technology. We have all this support. Yes, it's harder. You get some hard time. Yes, you have some difficulties. It will happen. But how, what can I complain about when some of these people back home, they don't even know where their next meal are coming from? Or if it is coming from somewhere, it's not like I eat here till I'm full. I'm like, okay, I can't eat anymore. It's not about that for them. It's just to eat so I have enough to survive to get to the next day. So pers that perspective changed my life. So whenever I get into a little thing, I literally self-talk. I say, hella, it could always be worse. No matter how hard it is for you, it's harder for someone else. So all I can do is just smile and then just be like, you know what? I'm doing my best and I, I'm not going to be put in jail for some things that I can't figure out right now. I can't do And if I am, I don't know what else to do. As long as I'm giving my best, I'm just going to go one day at a time. So that helps me out a lot. And self-talk, I always remind myself that um, it could be worse and just be grateful for what you have. I have so many things that I realize that not half of the people in the world right now have. So that helps a lot. It's, it. it's an incredible perspective. And, um, I, I try to have a lot of that same self-talk that you're, yeah. that you're talking about. If I'm having a bad day, I, I try to always remember, you know, things could always be worse. My bad yeah. day is actually, you know, a great day in, in all well, perspective. You yeah, know what I mean? That's a really good way yeah, to look at it. And I, I'm, I've, you know, consider myself really blessed to have the opportunity to have been to Africa a couple of different times. And yeah. Yeah. I've had that same experience where, you know, a lot of these people, they don't have very much, especially like on the rivers of the White Nile in Uganda. Yeah. We're mm -hmm. talking severe poverty and yeah. they would be willing to give the shirt off their back if it made, you know, my day yes. better because they're just so exactly. yeah. giving and, and I don't know that they're just such happy people. So yeah, 
I definitely remember if anything ever goes bad. And I even try to tell my kids that too. Like, yeah. and we, I haven't taken my kids yet to Africa. We were planning originally to go there this winter and then the whole COVID thing happened and, and everything yeah. kind of got shut down. But, um, I try to install that same perspective to my kids where it's yeah. like, Hey, trust me, life is good. Yeah. Life is amazing. It is. It really is. And I, and I always think um, one of the questions I got actually that um, this is bringing me back to, uh, I did a, a recent YouTube video on it. What is a perfect day for you? And to me, a perfect day is just being up and being able to breathe. And that's a perfect day already. And on top of that, you add that I get to run. I get to eat all the food that I like and I get to enjoy other things. Then that's even icing on the cake. So we were very um, blessed and, and have the ability to do what we do today for sure. And other people don't. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. You, you mentioned food there for a second. So I know, Hella, that you are a vegan athlete. Tell vegan, us, yes. Tell us a little bit about that. How long have you been vegan? And yeah. how does that affect um, being an athlete as a positive yeah. or negative? Um, so I became vegan. I was watching a documentary, Forks Over Knives. This was like four and a half years ago. And 20 minutes in, my girlfriend was sitting right next to me. I look at her, my like jaw drop, and she's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I'm not okay because <laughs> said I'm never gonna eat meat for the rest of my life, but I'm deadly afraid. How am I gonna survive? What do I eat if I don't eat meat?" And she's like, "Don't worry, I'll help you out." She was vegetarian at that point, so we both transitioned into veganism. I literally cold turkey overnight. I was convinced in that documentary, and I did my research and everything after I watched it. Um, I was a public health minor in college. I got to learn about healthy food and all that. Uh, so there's certain things that I felt like wasn't taught to us. And I saw what animals and products like that could do to our body. It was a selfish reason when I went vegan. And now sentiment, I feel bad for the animals as well, too. Um, and seeing what I could do and seeing the professional athletes, um, the Nate Diaz, UFC fighter, we're seeing all these pros, boxers that were actually plant-based vegan, and they're able to do their respective sports. So that also encouraged me because at that point, I was still trying to get back into the professional game of soccer. So I, I was telling myself, you know what? If they can do it and they're elites, why can I not do it? And I'm not even at their level. Um, so I convinced myself when cold turkey had a season um, playing Oklahoma City Energy uh, in Oklahoma and training with a, a pro team. Yeah, it was USL. We went to preseason. Um, so when I was there, my energy playing with that team, it was just something else. Like immediately people said that you will feel it. I felt mine like crazy. It might have been mental, whatever it was. I had so much energy and the energy still translates to this day that I would get kicked out of practice. I was a 90 minute man. So I played 90 minutes the whole game. And when you play 90 minutes, when you have practice, the next day it's a region day, regeneration day. So the players who didn't play, they have full practice. You just jog, stretch and cool down. And I joined them to practice and coach would be mad at me. Hella, you got to save your legs. We have games coming up again. And I said, I don't, I feel like I have the same thing. And after a game, um, at halftime, we were like, not we're struggling, we're losing. One of our players said, hey, if you get off the field, if you don't feel tired, that means you did not leave everything off the field. So I waited till the game was over. And I went to him and the coach was there. I said, I, what you say, I disagree because I gave my all. I was giving everything I had and I'm still not tired. So I think that has to be rewarded because I don't want to feel like I didn't give my all. And I said, I gave my all and I'm still not tired because I had this energy that keep lingering around. My body was going through the transition too. I felt it, I would sleep well. Um, that was all the positives and that that I was getting. And this wasn't even anything that I even read about. And I started doing research and you hear a lot of people saying this consistently. Um, and I just felt better about myself. And um, it's one of those things, whatever you put your body, you get even the animals, the stress that they're going to, whatever they're going to, anything that's put in their body, you're going to, even if it's dead, you're going to feel that it's going to go into you. I mean, it stays in the flesh. So um, I think that helped me out a lot. And till this day, um, I think it, it's one of the best, it's the best decision I've ever actually done personally for myself and the environment um, because it goes beyond just me, how I feel, the whole world or ecosystem that, that we live in. And the only thing I regret about it is the fact that I didn't do it soon enough. And that's okay because I didn't know. And people who aren't vegan, I don't, you, you can't really blame them because before I even figure out what it was, I didn't know. So sometimes people just don't know. Um, so yeah. So I've been vegan over four and a half years. This February coming up, it'll be five years. That's amazing. I, I also eat pretty much like a, a vegan um, yeah. lifestyle as well. And 
a lot of the same things. I've had some medical stuff as well, but, um, what are you like, what are your, you know, go-to snacks that you just, this is for me to learn because <laughs> I eat okay, a ton of I'm nuts and I need more <laughs> bagels and cream cheese. This is vegan cream cheese. So foodie is the brand. Most bagels are automatically vegan. It's just yeast flour and whatever. It's nothing, everything bagel and vegan cream cheese. I eat bagels like it's my job. I love it. I just love it. And it's not the healthy vegan stuff. It's not. It has all the oil and stuff in it. But that's my go-to. I love eating that. And then um, I that's my junk food. And I've been making this mean impossible burger. I call it the, the, my, with my special sauce that I've created based off of inspired by the McDonald's Mac sauce that's vegan. So I've been eating that. I eat a lot. Oatmeal. Anything you really, I said to people, anything you can eat, I can eat vegan. Name it. Pizza, I can eat vegan. Um, anything you name, and especially the world we live in right now, there's someone who's making the vegan version of it. And then, yeah, some of them are not that healthy, but at the end of the day, it's not as bad as some of the meat stuff you eat because there's no cholesterol. And if it has oil in it, it's usually like nat the, 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 the nat natural oil. Like we're talking about like, like nuts has a lot of oil. It's like good calorie, like avocado, like good fat. Those good fats, if you're active, is all used as a source of energy. It doesn't just sit in your body. So, yeah, so I eat a lot of bagels. To, to make sure it's short bagels and cream cheese i like that I, i've uh i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go into the whole bagel cream cheese realm that that yeah. isn't my go-to snack right now but i might have to yeah. uh, add that for sure um so hella you're an athlete you are a model social media influencer yeah. you live like a pretty incredible life um i can't <laughs> i i agree with you there what advice would you give someone that is wanting to pursue a career like yours? Okay. Find whatever you're passionate about, whatever that may be. It could be running. It could be kayaking like you do. It could be biking. It could be writing music. It could be like drawing, whatever it is, anything you do, and then just stick to it. Be consistent with it. Because what we have to think about, if it's making you happy, might as well do it. You might as well do it. And then feel, don't feel like you embarrassed, share your passion with the world. And I always remember your story needs to be heard. Your passion needs to be seen because it only helps the world. You are part of this world. We're all here to make everybody's life a little easier. So you might not think, even if it's just one person, they might get joy out of seeing your art, your work, your kayaking. I'm actually always showing um, your kayaking to my, my girl's brother. He's like, what? Like whenever you put something crazy up and I think he might be following you right now. So sometimes what you're doing, you're bringing um, something good to the world. So whatever you're passionate about, stick to it and do it every single day. And you never know where it'll lead you to. My passion led me to being actually work now. I'm sponsored by Gymshark. I'm actually wearing them right now. That's the only thing I wear every day because I have a unlimited pretty much supply to them. Um, I I got to meet you because I follow my passion. I met Nick. The Nick was the CEO and founder of GoPro because of running. Um, I got to go to Australia with you because of running. I wasn't the GoPro athlete, like the crazy, I'm just a runner. You never hear GoPro and running because GoPro is like crazy stuff that you see. Um, so follow your passion and stick to it and amazing things will come of it. And at the end of the day, if you don't become like, oh, getting all these sponsorship and stuff like that, that's okay. As long as it's making you happy, that's what's the most important. So if you end up being getting the sponsorship, getting all these amazing opportunities, that's just icing to the cake. And if you don't have those anyway, it doesn't matter because you're still going to do it. So those are just icing to the cake. But if you go into it just specifically to get that, then is that really you? Is that really what makes you happy? Or is that, and if it really is what makes you happy because you want those too, that's also fair. But make sure that it's something that makes you happy and stick to it. Because amazing things will happen. You will surprise yourself. I'm, to this day, I'm, I'm like, what is happening? I'm so grateful. I don't even know how to put it into words. I don't know. And I never even almost shared my running journey. I would, my girl convinced me to put it on YouTube. And it was day 163. We made a video explaining why I run every day. And it's just, it's crazy. Till this day, I'm so surprised about myself because you never know what will happen. Just got to keep, keep going at it every day. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I, I totally agree where, you know, you want to follow your passion and, yeah. and do what you love to do. And if you don't know what you love to do, then just keep looking and eventually you'll find it and you'll, find it. you'll yeah. know mm -hmm. because you're going to be just in love with it and you're going to be yeah. obsessed you'll with know. it. Yeah. But I, I never really thought about the fact that once you find what your passion is, you should share that with the world because yes. that joy that you have, you, you share that joy and, and you get to um, show other people, you know, how happy you can be 
And yeah, yes, that's very important. And because people like some people are like, oh, I don't want to put it on. I'm scared. Like, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the right thing, but you secretly want to do it. Just do it. You got nothing to lose. Um, and then if it's just one person, you're going to make one person's day. There's certain things I go looking for. Um, I love watching car videos. I'm a huge car enthusiast. It makes me happier. It doesn't make me happy. It makes me happier. It adds more joy to the joy I already have. Um, I love seeing crazy stuff like yours. I'm shocked, actually. You haven't been on the Sports Center Instagram. And then I said, soon, just watch. I said this. Re- you guys remember this talk right now. You're going to see Nick's kayaking on Sports Center ESPN one day because some of the stuff he does is insane. When you see that, it's like, in, like I'm like, what fascinated by it. So remember all the stuff that you're doing. Your story needs to be heard um, from the world. There's so many people that could depend on it. You can make it a day. People are going through rough time every day. So share it and you're, you're going to help one person on it. If it's just that one person, it's worth it. And then you enjoy doing it as well. So it's a win-win situation. For sure. I mean, in all honesty, that's a big part of why I started the podcast. I love to help people no matter what it is, whether I'm, you know, giving advice with kayaking or just trying to make someone else's day brighter. And that was my vision with even doing the podcast. I was like, if if I get one person to listen to the Uh podcast and it makes one person day, you know, just a little bit brighter, then it would be totally worth all the hours put into it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you've kind of, you know, you, you've done all this stuff that you've, you've done up to date. Uh, you've got yeah. this incredible life and you kind of tapped into it a little bit with, with, uh, the triathlon, but where do you see yourself going in, you know, one, three, ten years from now? All right. So, um, I, for sure, I have small little goals. The, the biggest goal I'll get to that in the end, the small little goal is having my own gym. I want to have a gym where people can come in and train, not like a lifting gym. We're talking about like performance, like your speed, agility, knocking a soccer ball around, things like that. And uh, where people can come in and having the top runner coach that can help people who wants to be successful in running. Um, and also want to have some smaller goals running across the country. And hopefully that'll happen within a year time or less. But um, two, three years, uh, I want to definitely say I was a triathlete. I I, this is, I like challenging myself and this is going to be how running was a challenge. And this is going to be the same thing. Cause it's a complete different game. And I a hundred percent know I'm going to be able to do it. It's just going to be time put into it to get ready for it. And also um, the biggest one for me in 10 years time is to have the biggest, biggest nonprofit organization in the world. Um, not just an ego thing, but the biggest meaning. So we have more resources than anybody else that we can help places like my country Mali anywhere in the third world country and also help it within the United States and help in Europe because um there's poverty everywhere more air, more some places have more than others but there's poverty people need help everywhere in the world and it's not just about giving them money like having a pair of shoes a pair of shoes goes a long way where I grew up we have a pair of shoes we better make sure it lasts two to three years because if we don't we're not going to have the next one until then so um, I want to have a, a non-profit organization 100% um, nonprofit, everything that's giving is going to go directly to a cause to help a person in need and their family. So that's my ultimate goal. My ultimate dream is to have a nonprofit. And I put it, put that out there in the universe. I'm going to work on it and making sure that that's one thing. Hopefully that doesn't even take 10 years because you don't need to be a millionaire rich to make something like that happen. You just have to start putting it out there and see who can help and who can donate. And that's it. A dollar goes a long way, trust me, because people don't even make a dollar a day in Mali. So, no, that's, that's a, the ultimate goal. That's an incredible goal for sure. And uh, yeah. when, when we're offline, I'm, I'm going to connect you with a friend of mine who started a yeah. nonprofit and, and see if she can help give you a little bit of advice. Yeah, that'd um, be awesome. Thank you. But yeah, that's, yeah, just, just giving back is, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it always... feels better than receiving, honestly. I like to give gifts. When Christmas time comes around, I'm like, don't give me anything, please, trust me. Like, I don't. We can all be in a living room. You guys can be opening a gift. If I'm not opening, I'm just happy to see that you're smiling, that you got something that you wanted. Um, I, I'd rather give than receive, 100%. Um, I'd rather give if I can I think, than receive. I think we're brothers yeah. from different mothers because I'm the same yeah. way. But yeah, Christmas time, I, I my absolute favorite at Christmas is just watching yeah. other people open presents yeah. that I gave. Yeah. Can you imagine like the smile, the joy that they're getting? There's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. And then I always say, if I have the money for it, if something I really wanted, if I have the money, then I'll go buy it. So don't worry about getting me something because if I want it, I'll work hard to get to it. So I'll find a way to get to it. So you just enjoy yourself. 
Uh, we're, yes. we're, we're, we're the exact same. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Our conversation, I remember when we went, uh, you remember uh, in Australia, we went for a, a nice little run. It was like a small one down the beach and back. We had some great talk. I remember every moment of it. And then you went with me on a 5K run too before we caught our flight to, to get out that day. It was yeah. good. No, it was, uh, it was an incredible time getting to hang out with you in Australia for sure. And, yeah. um, I look forward to, uh, to when we get to go do a triathlon together in the future, but yes. We, we, so, okay. We're going to figure out to do one together. Even if it's, we just do it together. Like, even if we don't join the race, cause who knows what's going to happen with that. We just find a, a lake or a water somewhere and then we do our swimming and then hopefully they put maybe some floaters every week, every quarter of a swim so I can hang on to that and rest and go to the next one. And then once we do that, we back and we do the running. I'm excited. We're gonna make that happen. That's that's awesome. I'm I'm totally just gonna like include you into this uh, half triathlon that that we're just doing around here. There's a couple friends. Yeah. Like I've got a friend in Canada. We're just and he's also gonna do it with us. Um, yeah. I think he was. It may have even been his idea or my wife's idea. And it's kind of virtual because there's a couple of people from all over the country. But I'm I'm now that's including that's you cool. in on that. And and we're doing like a half uh, triathlon either. I got to check with, with my wife. Um, Can you make the like, swimming like um, like 10 feet or something? <laughs> no, the swimming, I'm trying to remember. It's, uh, I, I don't remember if it's one mile or whatever it is. It, <laughs> I, 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 it might be half a mile. I, I don't remember. She's got it, whatever. Wait. I practiced it the other day and um, yeah. it, it was probably actually a couple of weeks ago, but it took me about like 40, 45 minutes or something. So it wasn't too bad. And I'm a slow that's swimmer. Rough. Yeah. That's, that's rough though. That's because... I'm just picturing the length of half a mile. You know, I know how long half a mile is to swim that. Yeah, but Ooh. it's it's just like it's like you're running. Like when you just think of it as like walking. You can just like you can do. You know, you can walk a marathon. You can mm -hmm. you can you can swim slow at your own pace. And so I when I was doing it, I uh, I would swim forward. I do you know the breaststroke a little bit. I do yeah, like the, and then I go on my back a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd swim uh -huh. underwater a little bit. Trust me, I took it nice and cruisy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm now pulling you in. You're gonna do this with us uh, this fall for sure. Oh man, and I'm going to find a way to step up my swimming game uh, for sure. Okay. And I, I got the bike already. In the running, we got that down too. So. <laughs> We'll take our time and see how we can complete the whole thing nonstop. That's awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hella, I'm going to try to be uh, a little cautious of your time. Thank you so much for yeah. all that you've been doing and, and your yeah. story Thank is incredible. You. Um, I've got uh, the next part of this podcast is our favorite five where I ask each guest uh, these same five questions. So we're going to try to just rapid fire all through right. these. Um, do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? Do it because you love it. Do it because, Do it you, because love it. you love it. Yeah, if you don't love it, it's not going to last. It's like a diet. It doesn't last. You got to be realistic about it. Do it because you love it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you have a, a valuable lesson that you have learned from a mistake that you've made recently? Um, the, yeah, the mistakes is um, whatever hardship you're going through right now, it's not the end of the world because few years ago sometime I'm going through some really tough time and I my mentality this is it the end of the world like I like nothing can go on and then I sit back now and I'm like laughing I actually survived that and I'm here so when anything come up that's like make your stomach drop a little bit I literally smile I said you know what this is the time and moment I'm gonna get over it just like I got over the other one but at that point I wasn't mentally strong I just thought this was it so when you get to a tough time just remember it doesn't mean it's the end of you it's just that time and moment and then you'll be fine so I made that mistake a lot and then that kind of made me stressed and even depressed even though i didn't believe in depression i was actually depressed and so i always remember when anything comes now i'm gonna get over it and i'll smile when i get over that hump so i always remember it's not the end when something tough comes around yeah i, I love that mentality i i have something very similar where just from you know life experience uh whether it's you know events or different things that have happened I can yeah. I can look back at events that at the time I thought were really bad or negative and yeah. into the future I can see how mm -hmm. that really created the path to where I am yeah. today. And exactly. without that I would, you know, be somewhere else. And so exactly. I regularly think back when I'm, you know, if there's a hard time or something just think to myself like this might be the thing that puts me on the path to where I need to be yeah. in the future. Exactly. And then you just positive mentality, perspectives and you keep moving forward. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um, 
What are you currently reading right now or what would be one of your favorite books? I am reading right now, You Are the Placebo by Joe Dispenza. So You Are the Placebo, basically, you are what you think you are. Um, I actually have the hardcover and I just downloaded the audiobook, audiobook. So if I'm out and going, I can listen to it. Um, but my favorite books of all time right now is The Four Agreements. So um, I read that a couple of years ago. Don't make assumption. Don't take anything personally. Always do your best, not less or more. And be impeccable with your words. So I live by those four agreements. Um, so I used to take a lot of things personally. Stuff that people said to you is their own insecurity, their own problem that has nothing to do with you. You know who you are as a person. And don't make assumption because it only let you down. You're assuming about things that it's not even what it is. If someone says something to you, you assume is negative or whatever. It's so and always doing your best. So your best today is gonna be different than tomorrow. So I might have the full energy to go all out in my run today. Tomorrow might come. I might not have the same energy. But as long as I'm giving my best, I shouldn't say be mad about today's effort and compared to yesterday's effort. So just do your best. And impeccable with your words is very important. We say a lot of negative things about ourselves, like oh I'm stupid, even if like you don't you're laughing with it. It means something, or oh, I'm this and that, or you're saying something to someone else. So it, it, it's going to do harm. So be impeccable with your word. So though, that's my favorite book of all time, but currently reading You Are the Placebo. Wow. I I, uh, I love to read, and I haven't read either of those books, so I'm going to go yeah. and order those right after this for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Hello, what would you consider one of your most awesome memories or moments in life? Oh, that's a great one. That's a that's a hard one to be heavy with. The most great moment of my life. Uh, there's a lot of moments in life that um, that change your life. Uh, honestly, there's a lot. But the greatest, um, the most prideful that I could think of at this time is ah. Uh, now this is a tough one, Nick. You hit me because um, there's so many amazing things, like being able to be one of the lucky few to come to America to chase my dreams and goals. Um, I think that's pretty big. So I'm just going to say being able to come to America um, because there's a lot of life-changing moments within life that happens in America, like meeting my girl, graduating from college, having a chance to sign a professional contract, having a chance to meet you and GoPro. All those are great. It's not about, it doesn't have to be like the monumental, like climbing a mountain. It's the small ones that I see as great because I met you. You're a great person, great personality. That affects my energy because I'm around you. So, but I will say coming to the United States because now putting the whole United States in a bubble with you guys, with GoPro, everything involved, my girl, university, running, um, that's the big factor. So leaving my country and coming here and having an opportunity to chase, to live the American dream because it exists, it's there. You just have to work hard, it's there. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, it's a tough question. That was a tough one. So, so, <laughs> sorry to drop that bomb on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> If you could go back in time to any any time and place and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't stress the little things. I I used to get scared about everything. Um, I always thought everything was the end of me. And anything that goes on, the team that I didn't make, um, like getting like not getting that, even not getting the grades, don't stress it. And it's it's all in my control. And um so basically, just worry about what you can focus on, which is what you can do. So people, you hear this a lot. Um, it really is important. Don't stress out about the little things because um, we make it as big as we want to amplify it. So I always say that, you know, sometimes you have something crazy that happens and it really hurts you. It really hurts you deep down, um, whatever that is. But um, the energy that you are in, the and it takes a lot to get out of this, the energy that you're in, like the negative energy, the sad, the piss, or you want to do harm to someone, you want to get back at them, that energy isn't solving anything of what you went through. But if you focus on the positive, like I think smiling, life goes on, at least you're happy. Even if nothing changes, but you're happy, would you rather be sad and depressed and nothing happens or be happy and excited and nothing happens? So I always look at the, the, that stuff. So don't stress the little things. Um, I, I used to, sh if people knew me a few years ago, it's insane. Um, those books, a lot of self-improvement books, and the, the attracting what I want, the law of attraction, I think we spoke about it a little bit, attracting your dreams and goals. Even now when I went, uh, getting off your question was a little bit, when I went to meet Nick, the uh, GoPro, um, Casey Nice that invited me to his space, I told my girl, I said, watch, I'm gonna come back with a brand new GoPro. She's laughing, you know what she said to me? She said, yeah, right. 
you're probably just going to introduce and say, hi, I'm Hella, and that's it. He's there. He's not there for you, Hella. But my in my head, I believe that, yep, I'm coming back with the GoPro. And guess what? As soon as I met him, he asked me for my story, literally asked me what I do. And he said, hey, Kelly, can you go grab a GoPro for Hella? He's going to Africa tomorrow so he can experience, get his experience. And he gave me his contact. And he said, we'll be in touch when you get back. We'll send you more stuff. And because it's, I, I believed in it. So don't sweat the little stuff. Just focus on the positivity. Um, you'll be fine at that point. That's, that's incredible advice for sure. And, uh, I, I, again, totally believe in law of attraction and just, you know, believe in whatever you want to achieve in life. Um, but I, I still have to regularly work to remind myself, don't stress the little things. Yeah. Um, I still do something. That's what I said. It's very hard to do. It really is. You have to literally it's sometimes like if people hear what's going in my head, they might think you need to go to a mental institute because I you talk, you talk to yourself too much. Sometimes I talk to myself, my girl will be like, what? I'm like, no, 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 no. I just talk to myself. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself. Don't worry about me here. That's amazing. For, for me, yeah. I think the hardest part is stressing. I definitely stress a lot, way too much of the little things with parenting where I'm just like, yeah. Nick, let it go. Let it go. This is yeah. important. Um yeah. I can't even imagine that. So when, when I get my kid, I'm going to be like, hey, Nick, what did you do in this situation? I can't figure it out. Yeah. Definitely you'll hear from me. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Hella, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks and for having me. You, you mentioned um, that you do, you do your coaching, and, and now with COVID and stuff, you've done some online coaching. Can you yeah. uh, just explain a little bit about that and maybe where some of our listeners, yeah. if they wanted to so join you? Most of my athletes are soccer players. Um, I got a couple that are, I just see them, specifically speed, agility, quick, quickness, SAQ. And um, I learned a lot about speed. And my actually, my strongest asset in the game of soccer was speed. Um, I was always in a wing. Um, and humbly, I've never really played against someone who could outrun me down the line. So it was always like, you put the ball in space, I'm there before you are. So um, I try to use that knowledge and teach kids and then the soccer technical part and having them understand the game and then teach them the mistakes that I've made. And so they won't make it and let them know that there's so many scholarships out there. You can play at the division one level. You can play a pro if you want it. Because some of the things that I didn't know then, I'm like, man, could you imagine if I knew this, I was 12, 13, 14. So I try to give them the head start. So I have a training. I'm going to do virtually. The one that I have actually after we're done here is at 530. Um, PM Eastern time. It's um it's in person, but we go into this big field. We keep our social distance, and it's good for them to hear my voice and see me. And then I have my cone. I set up the drill here and show them, and they set up their cone as like mirroring mine. So we keep our space, and then they do what I'm doing. So I like to do everything too. I don't like to just point, go to this, run here. I like to actually, when I'm done with the session, I look like I'm the one that trained because I'm doing everything with them at the same time. So it's like a win-win situation. So that's what I do. I've been doing this um that is it's trend hella good that so that's the then i use the hashtag for running as well um basically anything you do do it hella good and giving your best effort so that's what i i do as a as a living yes that's, that's amazing hello where's the best way for people to connect with you uh, they can find me on instagram at uh hella good nine so h-e-l-l-a-h-g-o-o-d and then number nine i'm also on youtube it's just hella good without the nine and I have this saying, I'll get back to you no matter the circumstances. Sometimes it'll take weeks, but I'll get back to you because I'm trying to catch up on my DM. And Nick, you would know that. Sometimes I get back to Nick immediately. Sometimes I get back to him a couple of days, um, but I will get back to you. Uh, just be patient. Feel free to message me, ask me any other question that you have. And yeah, I'll be there on social media. Awesome. Guys, go and check out Hella on Instagram and definitely check out his YouTube videos. He's got some amazing videos. And if you're Thank into you. speed and agility or anything like that, uh, go hit him up with uh, his hella good training too. He's an incredible Thank athlete. You. Yeah. Um, um, not, to, not to cut Nick off. He's being so nice to me. If you guys see this guy, what he does, you're going to be like, what in the world? So um, if you're on the podcast, I'm sure you know who he is already. So that's all I got to say. You're you're an amazing guy. And uh, I our energy clicked immediately in Australia, immediately. And I was so happy we're on the same group. And then I was like, okay, we're on the same group the first day. Second, I was like, yes, because we lost some of the people. I'm like, yes, Nick is here on the group. So it was good to be around you. And uh, you definitely changed my life. Everybody I meet, my life has changed throughout the day because people are always making impact on me in so many ways. Seeing what they do, what they're passionate about, that motivates me and keeps me inspired. So thank you. 
Well, thank you very much. Hella, you definitely uh, inspire me and, and I love your, uh, your energy as well. So I, I think it's good anytime we get together and I, I look forward to, yeah. uh, to getting together in person, you know, sometime in 100%. the future. Yes. Awesome. Hopefully uh, we go on another trip with GoPro or something or with something. We, we'll go on another trip. I'm going to put that out there too as well. <laughs> It'll happen for sure. Whether it's with yes. GoPro or whether we go do a triathlon yeah. together or something. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Hella, and thank you everybody out there for listening. Uh, this was just an incredible uh, episode with Hella. Lots of lots of great stories and information. And if you guys need to, definitely go back and listen to it again because I think there's just so many nuggets of gold in there for sure. And I just think your story is so so incredible. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you could give us a rating and review, it will greatly help us uh, grow our community and share the message out with uh, more and more people. So thank you guys all and let's go and have an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.